Hey everybody, this is Damien from Parents on Pictures Podcast. I just wanted to start by saying that we had to do a little bit of editing on this one, more than usual, um, which actually had a piece of the podcast removed. If you want to watch the podcast, it will be on um, YouTube, um, but it was a conversation regarding John Travolta and Adina Manzel and the slight slip-up that he had. Unfortunately, this was due to some Wi-Fi problems my end as the host, so I take full responsibility for that, but we hope that you enjoy the rest of the pod as it is now. Thanks very much. Welcome to Parents on Pictures podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Andy. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And what we do each and every single episode is we take a film from a popular streaming uh, website such as Netflix, Amazon Prime. We're also going to YouTube soon. We've got some Disney Plus. And we come in here after we've seen it and we talk about it and see if we can recommend it. So this week we have got Uncut Gems, which is Sam's pick. So Sam, take us away with a bit of the plot. So, Uncut Gems, um, uh, released in 2019, um, directed by the Safdie brothers, who apparently are known as the most anxiety-inducing film creators in the business. We'll see what everyone else thinks about that later on. And um, uh, the film centres on the character of Howard Ratner, played by Adam Sandler. And we just see his descent, or continued descent, uh, into chaos in his life as he uh, looks to um, balance all the the things that are going on his self-destructive tendencies running his his uh, gem business dealing with everyone's money that he owes to everyone else and misusing it and all these things and and we're basically seeing a car crash in slow motion and seeing how everything is going to catch up with him so you say anxiety driven um so did you do a little research and this is just open to everybody about what these directors have done previously because for me this i think was a first from these two it's the first i've seen from these two but they have they've got quite a, an extensive back catalogue of independent films <clears throat> that come quite critically acclaimed as well um nothing i've seen um or even heard of but you know it's a, they've been on the scene for a little while and and they're very well known for for that anxiety-inducing uh, experience that, that you might have whilst you're watching. <laughs> hmm. I, I've seen a previous film of theirs by Good Times with uh, Robert Patterson, um, and uh, this was more of the same, really. Um, they have a very particular style uh, that they like to keep to, uh, including um, visual and audio and, and just the general pace of the, the film. Um, so uh, I was pleased... Let's put it that way. Please, they continue with that. Okay, so were you a fan of this then? I thought it was fantastic. Um, okay. I, I put the headphones on, which I don't normally do. I normally use my uh, speakers to listen to the to the the movie, but I put some headphones on, and I didn't think I moved once. My ears were getting hotter and hotter inside the headphones. Uh, I was getting sweatier and sweatier throughout. 
and um, I thought it was it just up my alley. I, I thrive on intensity, and this film was definitely intense. But you can't say it's anything but intense. It from the moment you start in this film to the moment it finishes, it feels just like um a thermometer and the you know it's just getting hotter and hotter and hotter until it has to break and it is just uh, it's i found it exhausting to watch mm. i i found the opening sequence i mean the opening sequence itself is is, is just crazy that the um but the this when we're getting into actually the characters speaking to each other the dialogue the music it felt like in in a very intentional way everything was just smashing against each other mm -hmm. and not in the way that you'd see in sort of like a, i don't know an action movie but just you know the, everything was jarring people shouting over each other people talking the music is still going on it's not it's not gone down a level it's still exactly mm -hmm. the same level there's yeah. people on the screen i can't work it and um and and yeah i was uh, I was just so sad there just thinking I don't know how much more of this I can take in, in a good way because it's intentional but also I hope this film doesn't carry on like this for the whole time um, I yeah. was very much the same myself because um, when I first started watching it it was quite late at night for me and I was led on the sofa um, as you do quite relaxed and I think by the end of this film I was literally upright just like tense as I could possibly be and I didn't realise I was tense uh, until the end of the film and then my body just suddenly went oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh my goodness um and it's been a, it's been a it's been a long time since i've gone from so relaxed to so invested and tense on a film in a long while and i think the in, the, the most interesting and really kind of cool thing for me which i know is not particularly uh, a smart thing to say but the, the best thing for me was the fact that this was adam sandler as we've not seen him for a long long time mm. he's made a lot of um potentially lazy films just kind of cashing in and coasting um for a while and then for him to just come out with something like this mm. reminds me of early adam sandler uh, back when he, because you know, he's he's made some great films in the past. I'm thinking specifically, uh, Funny People, um, was something that I really enjoyed of his, and uh, he's he's still capable of pulling off a great film. So, do you think that uh, in terms of characterization, would you say that Adam Sandler's character, would you say that he was that was good acting by Adam Sandler in terms of his character and character development and stuff? I think that there was an element to this where he was born to play this type of character because if you look at the character itself, he's, he's not two-dimensional, but he's not exactly got layers, shall we say. He's, um, he's down on his luck, and the way that he deals with that is to just go head-on into the, the, literally the habits of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see throughout the film every opportunity that he's got to make a smart decision he relies on his gambling addiction and yeah. he makes that decision instead. So I think there might be an element to this where the fact that Adam Sandler is great casting for this because he may not have to have worked too hard, but I also think that he brought it in terms of his A-game and acting. I think he's back. Uh, I, 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 I disagree with that. I think that Adam Sandler's performance in this was poor. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, I think that he was so two-dimensional that it just became laborious to watch um, and by the middle of the film I, I, I completely lost the 
um, any kind of believability in, in, in any of his decisions or, or that this character could be real. Um, he just seemed too cardboard for me. I, I uh, see, like... I, I... Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, I was, I was, I was just, I was just uh, saying fair play. Absolutely well done. Sorry, go for it. For me, it's interesting because I kind of agree with both of you in a sense because I really dislike Adam Sandler as a as an actor. I there are not. I just can't think of any movies that I've watched of him that I would enjoy or want to watch again. Um, and so, with the, so with that in mind, for me, perfect casting doesn't need to do anything. Just be yourself. And you are, as his wife says, literally the most annoying person in the world. For me, I don't know whether I'd go that it's poor acting, or, but I just say, yeah, he, he was great for that part, for that, as I, I, from my perspective. That moment where Adina Menzel says that in the car, I, uh, I, was, I looked over to my wife and I just went, yep. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> I, think, I think a moment where, where he... He had a chance to 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 bring it back was when he was when he broke down in tears, um, and he I can't remember who he was crying to now actually. It was crying to his girlfriend, the, the girl in the shop. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so when he when he broke down crying there, I th I thought that's where we would we would uh, we would see his character develop a bit more. But that would that was the worst acting in the whole film. I thought. And, and, it was awful. at that point. Yeah, it was really awful. Yeah, so um, I trained as a drama teacher before I started teaching media. And honestly, I have 11 year old children who could do better crying performances than Adam mm. Sandler at that point. Like that was, that was poor. <laughs> it was really yeah. poor. But I think yeah. that's kind of the point because he's never, he's never moved beyond a certain point of his uh, maturity. This is not a mature mm -hmm. man that we're watching. This is well, not a smart... This is this is not a guy who can make the right decision because he's too based on his impulse control, um, and so I would go so far as to argue that yeah, what to be fair, I'll, I'll give you that one in terms of um, watching him cry was like watching a child, and that there are people who could probably do that better, um, but I think that was part of the point as well. I don't know. I, I felt like um, he was being cast simply for the way he looked. He. You know, he has that stereotypical Manhattan, without trying to cause too much controversy here, the kind of the, the typical Jewish look that we see in the media. He's got that look about him, and, it, and more so in this film, the way he dresses, the way, the way he is. But I think he was picked on the way he looked. And, you know, we were talking last week about Ray Liotta's fantastic performance in, um, the Mar in A Marriage Story. Well, actually, Ray Liotta would have you know, killed that part. He would have been amazing mm. at it. You know, down on your luck. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it was bad casting. I, th I think one of the interesting things about this movie is when you're talking about casting, is like you've got Adam Sandler, who is literally one of the only kind of qualified actors in the movie. And the performances that they got out of people who literally were playing themselves, like um, Kevin Garnett, Yes, and um, the weekend, and and some of the, the, the I think the the guys that were playing some of the mobsters were literally first time actors. Um, and I did hear in a, an interview with the Safties where someone said, "Would it have been easier just to use actors?" And and they said, "Yeah, it would have been easier, but we wouldn't have got the yeah. genuine performances that we wanted." 
and it's interesting mm. that you say you know maybe with someone like Adam Sandler you can give him credit for following the Safdie's directing in this um, uh, as opposed to any kind of genius in, in regards to, to acting I think there's, there's an anecdote I heard the, Saf, one of the Safdie's say that um, I think what was the name of the character um, let me find it here uh, Eric Borgosian, who plays his, I think it's his brother-in-law, I might be wrong, um, and, and apparently he was getting really frustrated with the scene in the car because he's like a trained actor, and at one point he just shouts out, I don't know about anyone else, but I've got lines I need to say, because they're all literally just punching yeah. Adam Sandler and just showering at him, um, and, and, and the staff had to take him aside and say, look, these, these guys are just getting the, the moment if you want them to listen to you, you've got to make them listen to you. Um, and, and, and so they went back in there and, and made it happen. But yeah, that was, I think that was one of the things that, that impressed me was that when I looked through the IMDB on knowns and the kind of performances that they got for them were, were fantastic. Okay. So one thing that has stuck with me throughout the entire film, and even now I'm struggling with it is Julia Fox. She plays the girlfriend to Adam Sandler and she sticks with him throughout quite a few different things in this film. They go through lots of different things together that we can go into detail by all means. But the question that stuck with me is why, what is her motivation for sticking with this character? I just, I, even now I can't quite grasp it. So as, as a reference point for those of you who haven't seen the film, um, she is, I would say considerably younger than he mm. is. Um, she is very attractive. She is, um, she seems intelligent and switched on. So absolutely, I, I had the same thing, Damien. I was watching thinking, what, what is, what is, what's wrong with her? And, and initially I thought perhaps that she was a gold digger. I thought that was going to be part of the story, but actually I don't, on reflection, I don't think that is the case. I think she, for me, was the most interesting character in mm. the whole piece see i initially thought the same thing i thought okay so she's very young she clearly works at the jewelry store she probably sees the money that goes in and out and the transactions in this place and so she was initially maybe trying to shack up to this older guy because he's you know minted or at least he was minted as we know he's up to his eyeballs in debt and that is pretty much where all of his problems come from but they go through quite a lot together and she sticks with him throughout yeah go on I, I I was thinking, I think from his perspective, I mean, we're, we're looking, we're thinking, goodness, you know, she's, she's, you know, genuinely, you know, in love with him or infatuated with him in some way. I think that point, I think we were talking, we were, we, we mentioned the, the sort of the tattoo moment. And I think that he's having his kind of breakdown and his moment of kind of clarity. Um, and she comes in sort of to give him that comfort and, and thinks, I know, what, I'll show you, I've got this tattoo of your name on my backside. And when he kind of looks at that and goes, oh, and I think that's kind of when he realizes that you know he almost could have he almost you know could have gone back to his wife and said look you know clean slate but there is no clean slate now your name is tattooed on someone else's backside that ain't going away certainly without some laser work or whatever um and, and so I kind of thought saw her more as I don't know that she is maybe that's her flaw is that he she's she's looking for validation and and is it a real relationship with him no i mean you think of the things that he gets her to do the way that he treats her even the the finale of the film essentially she just becomes kind of uh uh his 
kind of cash handler or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and would you do that considering it's the mob that's after that money? Um, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of think she's a bit more like you said, she is, she is very interesting, the character. And I almost expected very early on in the film that we wouldn't see any more of her, but that would be, she'd be, you know, after some, after some of the things that happened, but yeah. I thought that um, you, you said earlier about going back to his wife was an option. I thought that was a really interesting moment. So I've, I've absolutely slated his acting. I've absolutely, <laughs> Adam Sandler is just awful in this. But that there was a glimmer, actually, when, <clears throat> when he's begging Adina Menzel to kind of rekindle their marriage and to kind of reset that. That, for me, really stuck with me because that there was a moment of, I don't know, reality of of real genuine care there for a moment and then as soon as she kind of rejected that and laughed in his face bam we were back to adam sandler just being a crap actor again mm. or maybe it's because he pulled the wool over your eyes and he was pretending to be rubbish and when he was vulnerable <laughs> that's when you get to see the adam sandler so he was, he was acting way too much way too much um credit because he has been truly awful in pretty much everything leading up to this and now there's like a glimmer of good acting well i love that you're on his side damien it's really it's really nice <laughs> I, am, I, I am for this film I'm on adam <laughs> i'm not gonna stick for it you, you you take all that away he's brilliant okay i do think there was a, a certain element of us being dropped in at a a very unfortunate time for him i think he had the the uh the wool pulled over a lot of people's eyes um and he and i think he was actually putting on this this front for quite a long time that he had it all together that he was a successful jewel uh jewelers you know he that he 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 had the money to splash he could go to the big parties he could he could mix with the basketball players and i think i think perhaps we were we were jumping in at a point where that was all collapsing for him and and um i actually the way he spoke to uh, his girlfriend at times, um, I wondered whether she was the accessory for him um, that, that that gave gave him a key into this world of of the weekend parties and 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 the because um, in in the film she was a model as a model as well or a photographer. Yeah. Am I right there? Something I think she's like doing that. lots of different things. Yeah, and I I think he he was he was using her into uh, as a key into this world that he could access and and exploit. Yeah, possibly, yeah, you're probably right. And it is, in fact, him that tries to end the relationship with his girlfriend mm. and reignite the relationship with his wife. But his girlfriend won't let him go and his wife won't take him back. So, uh, yeah, whatever it is that he wanted at that point in time didn't work out for him. So it was the women in his life that were very much in charge. Can we just go back to, at the, at the beginning, we mentioned about this kind of anxiety-inducing um, kind of method they use within it. I found this film so stressful to watch. And <laughs> part of that was the, the constant noise, the absolute constant noise that is being just pushed in your ears the whole time. And I found it just, at times, completely overwhelming. Um, the, the initial 10 minutes were in his shop and there's people coming and going and buzzers and all this noise. And you're trying to decipher what's happening amongst all that noise. That for me was hellish to watch. I really found that 
horrible. And there are several moments throughout the film where you have this. And I know that was the intention. I, you know, I know that the, the director set out to do that, to make me feel uncomfortable. I hated it. If I want to be uncomfortable, I want to be uncomfortable watching a horror film. I want to be uncomfortable watching a film where I'm going to be resolved at the end. I don't want to watch a film where I come away going, oh, Jesus, that stressed me out. <laughs> you see, I grew up in a household where my parents were childminders and there were 13 kids there all the time. So that level of noise and constant bombardment, not a problem for me. And all I would say is, I, and it surprises me a little bit because obviously... And I'm making some some assumptions here, but as a drama teacher, I'd imagine that your classes are are loud typically and whatnot. So, is it the type of noise or the volume or the velocity? I wasn't a drama teacher for very long, partly, <laughs> partly for that reason. Maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> partly, I'm crap at teaching drama, and partly because the noise is just awful. <laughs> but I think I think you're right. I think it's it's a lot to do with your tolerance. Um, my tolerance for that kind of noise is really high. Two kids, small house, really loud all the time. Teach kids for a living, albeit martial yeah. arts. Yeah. And, you know, grew up with two sisters and a house full of kids because of parents are childminders. So the type of noise that you're describing um, in the first few minutes and throughout the film was very easily filtered for me. And it, it really, I barely even noticed that it was constant bombardment. God, I, I struggled to keep on top of the story because of that noise. I think that was perhaps an intention. I Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say the same, Matt. I think maybe the, it, it, you did it to work. And in the same way as that, that anecdote about the, the actor that's like screaming, I've got lines to get out. It's like that. It feels like as a, as a viewer, there's points where you're like, I know there's some exposition in what they've just said. I know there's something I'm going to come back to. And I think I missed it. Um, and, and then there are points where things quiet down and you can, you can hear a bit what's going on. But yeah, the, the amount of shouting and, and, and like you say, very intentional and it had the right effect. It had the, the, exactly the, entire, the yep. in, intended effect on, on me. I also thought that the soundtrack was quite interesting. I was not expecting that kind of sort of synth, kind of heavy, sort of very atmospheric. Yeah, but again, I didn't, not, I didn't dislike it, but it felt very strange. I hated it. Um, have, have you ever seen um, the 1980s Masters of the Universe He-Man film? Right? <laughs> the soundtrack reminded me of that so much. Yeah. Heavy, heavy synth, especially that opening sequence where you're like going through a gem or a brain or whatever the hell you're going through. And this music playing in the background. I did. I sat there for a moment and thought, what is this? What film are we watching? I have yeah. fond memories of that film. <laughs> I, I thought we were. I was in for a, a, a science fiction flick to begin yeah. with, um, and but the, the previous film they used. They also used um, this, this kind of similar synthesizer-driven music. Um, another one thing that also was, I found very jarring was some of the uh, colours used, um, yeah. especially in the scene with the club with the weekend, um, with that guy with the. Yeah, bright. They've got the black light on, and that guy had the bright orange jacket. Yeah. Um, you know, so or so orange, they kind of lit up Adam Sandler's face. <laughs> it was almost uh, like watching uh, a scene from Sin City, uh, where yeah. they use that really, you know, the the dark, the the blacks and greys, um, yeah. with the, the reds and tiny yeah. bits of color, because th and that's what that scene really looked like. And you're right, it was really jarring straight away as it stuck mm. out. And I couldn't take my eyes off of his fluorescent orange jacket. I was like, what is this? 
and, and, and I think that's a, a, a technique that they've used, at least in the, in the last film I've seen. You know, you've got Robert Patterson running through the streets, um, running in and out of shops, into people's houses. You know, it's, a, it's, it's quite a... Um, it's more of a chase film, uh, Good Times. But the, but the light in, in different shops and when he comes out onto the streets and uh, the, way, the way they use light in, in, that, in this film was dumbed down quite a lot, but it still had elements there of, of, of quite intense. I found myself dropping into, into full-blown teacher mode. Um, and there were moments in this film where I was massively marking them down on the marking criteria for the quality of their video production. Um, because, and I know it, again, I know it's intentional, but I just think it's, it's unnecessary. You know, we, we've, there's a, and I'll, I'll go into the, the, the video in a minute, but there's a discussion here. Is this art or is this entertainment? Because as far as I'm concerned, this film was not remotely entertaining. Um, mm. it, it was a story told through a, through an, in a visually artistic way. It, it's not something I would consider to be entertaining. Um, but part of that is that the, the camera work, the low light camera work was really shoddy. You know, if a student had submitted that low light camera work to me, I would have told them to go and shoot it again. Um, you know, and I'm working with GCSE and A-level students, you know, from 16 to 18 years old. These guys are experienced filmmakers and I know it was on purpose, but I don't understand why. I think a lot of the film, a lot of things that are going on are kind of, subversive and 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 so i think like you say in the hands of uh, a professional maybe they are subverting the rules on purpose all the rules are made to be broken mm-hmm. um and i think yeah you, you there's a question to say is it entertaining to have all of the rules subverted or everything you know your expectations and i think Am I right in thinking um, we're happy to go spoilerific? Spoiler alert, everyone who's watching, if you don't want to know the end of the movie. We always talk about the ending, so go for it. So the end of this film, the the fate of of Howard Ratner, I think was massively subverting what you would expect in a Hollywood movie, um, in in more of a, oh, brilliant, he's, he's done it, he's managed to solve it. Maybe we'll leave it on a cliffhanger as to that he's, he's not really, you know, he's not beating his demons or whatever. But no, it was literally, you have pushed one person far too far one time and now you have a bullet in the head. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, I saw that coming a mile off. I said to Alice, I said, the mob will catch up with, sorry, Alice, my wife. I said to her, but, um, the mob will catch up with him before the end of the film and they'll have him that and i thought it was going to come earlier than it did the moment where they they bundle him into the car i was like oh here we go this is going to be a long torture scene where they now kill him or something like that that. would have been a very short film yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) but no you see again for me and and maybe it's because by this point i was more invested into whether he was going to win the game or not and so i was like well given the trajectory of the film so far and the fact that he would have won all that money in the first game had the mob not stopped the bet from going ahead. Because don't forget that he put a ridiculous bet down about halfway through the film, maybe a third of the way through the film. And it wasn't, and he thought he'd won it big because this ridiculous uh, bet where the odds were stacked against him, he, he won that bet. And it wasn't until like the following day he found out when they were bundling him in the car that 
Uh, no, actually, the people that you took the money from to place that bet went to the bookies and stopped that bet from happening. So you won jack all. Mm -hmm. So I thought that they'd set it up there. And so as the ending of the film, he wasn't going to win. And wow. then that's what would be his ultimate downfall because <clears throat> he would have lost everything. He lost the jewel, yeah. lost the money lost literally everything but for him to but this is it i was so invested in whether he was going to win or lose that when he set the guys free because he trapped them in the security doors at his place yeah. so that they couldn't go after his girlfriend to stop yeah. her putting the bet down um and so he locked him in there for the whole game and um so when when he let them go after he won the game and it literally no nonsense raised the gun bang you're dead i was like nope Okay, didn't expect that. I actually really appreciated that because I was like, he's either going to win, he's going to lose, and it'll play out. Yeah. But no, he won, and he still lost. And I enjoyed that. I thought it was good. Andy, I'm going to have to come back to a point you made earlier about um, the, there being some kind of distinction between entertainment and art. And, you know, I really, I really struggle with, with the idea. You know, for me... Um, a, a movie is is definitely a piece of art um yep. and and just because i don't in, enjoy something or something doesn't it pushes my buttons in a certain way i don't think that should be classed as as not entertaining yep. um it, oh i agree with you on that so i I'm, i perhaps phrased it, it wrong when, when i said that in in terms of I understand all films are art. Yeah, we, somebody's creating something beautiful for somebody else to watch. It, it's a piece of art in, in whoever's eyes. I just think that, I think my main question, what was the purpose of this film? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't understand the outcome. So for, let's take last week, the, Mar um, the marriage story. Um, that for me was a heartbreaking thing to watch. I found it quite gut wrenching to watch. I, you know, I, there are moments in that film where I, like, I felt awful for the characters and everything, and I found it really difficult to watch. But I came away going, "Wow, that was powerful." This, I just came away going, "What? Why?" Mm. Well, let's, well, let's I, open it up then. Yeah, why? What? What do we think was the purpose of this film? Hmm. Well, I mean, you 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 say you came away with just a, a what, but you 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 actually came to the table with it. it stressed you out, um, yeah. you know. It, ra it raised adrenaline levels, you know. It, it did all this for you, and just because uh, it wasn't um, in, in one of these you know, normal categories of something that makes you sad, makes you laugh, yeah. You know, we 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 turn a. a not to turn a, a cautious eye on it, but we 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 turn around and say, well, th that's not entertainment. Like, is that is that just art rather than a movie? Yeah, I well, did. I did think. I think if if we talk if we if we're talking about sort of like meaning, I think um, for me it it was simply that idea of that if you know we have these everyone's got their different sort of self-destructive tendencies and we're seeing it in this character howard howard ratner and that for him it shows the descent to when it's gone too far and i guess if you were talking on a serious level you could say that um no one ex no one no one is is genuinely expecting i don't know the 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 kind of the the, the drug addict or the alcoholic or, or whatever or the, the gambling uh, um, addict or whatever to you know hit 
rock bottom gen genuinely i think we might say oh it's going to happen but when it does happen we're we're shocked um and and we may have you know experienced these different things in in, in real life and i kind of thought that this for, this for me kind of showed that thing of that he'd he'd loaded the gun in the bullet a lot earlier in the film um that bullet was on its way it, it he was going to do something it wasn't that it wasn't the last few minutes of the film that sealed his fate he, he'd 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 got in and and even the moment of clarity i don't even think that was a real moment of clarity i think that was a moment of self-pity and like matt said we're thrown in at the point where there's only one trajectory there's only one end for this mm -hmm. character so that that for me is is kind of what it said to me i think and like like I, it's interesting that that play between like do i because you think, yeah, so for example, I'm not a massive film of, fan of horror films. I don't watch many because I don't particularly enjoy them. Um, and I, I don't, I, 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 I don't know, maybe I just don't like being scared. Maybe I'm just a bit of a, a wimp. But, um, but it's interesting that Andy, you said like, you know, you, you would rather a horror film make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. Um, uh, and yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that necessarily, but yeah, that's, know, probably, that's probably my, yeah. I know exactly where you're going and you absolutely destroy my point with that in that I watch horror. No, you're absolutely right though. And I'm absolutely wrong in that. And it totally backs up what Matt was saying in that I watch horror films to, to feel uncomfortable. I get a thrill from that, from that being uncomfortable, but actually lots of people don't get a thrill from that. I find horror films, are entertainment lots of people don't feel like they're entertainment lots of people feel like what's the point in a horror film so actually i guess it is all depending on what genre you want to enjoy and just because this isn't a mainstream genre film doesn't disregard it as a quality film so matt and you know, sam you're both absolutely right there here's something I think personally, and again, feel free to, to argue against, I feel that personally, a lot of what happens during this film and how tense we feel about this film is how invested into Adam Sandler's character we are. So was anybody actually invested in his redemption or possible redemption? Um, and, and if you weren't, or if you were, do you think that that would have affected your ability to um, access the film in any particular way? I'll, and I'll, I'll just give like mine, for instance, the character I probably wasn't too invested in, but when it comes to watching a guy down, sorry, if you're on YouTube, you can see us giggling because Sam's camera has just gone timber. <laughs> and that's not getting cut I think out. My wife, <laughs> that was, that was my wife literally just walking past. Um, Wow. <laughs> so, uh, as i was saying um wow i, I you know I, i'll shorten it i wasn't invested in the character all mm. i was seeing was a guy who was down on his luck and because i took pity on him because i saw him as quite a pathetic character i wanted something to work out for him which is why i was personally invested in the end game as to whether he was going to win or lose but i knew that ultimately if he won or lost he wouldn't have learned anything because he had plenty of opportunity to change and he didn't so i wasn't invested in him by any means so was anybody invested in this character not me I, I was invested in seeing how he was going to end. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I. I. I really just enjoyed the experience of of the of the intensity. You know that that kept me going. Um. Like, 
like I said earlier, I, I thrive a little bit on intensity, and I think that the really it goes at 100 miles an hour. I'll I'll, uh, I'll enjoy, and that's what kept me going in this. Yeah, I'm 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 with you, Matt. I was on the edge of my seat, and I'm 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 at this point where I'm defending um, Adam Sandler's acting ability from this vulture over here. Hey, hey, <laughs> let's let's go to his act in a minute because you you you've slammed it quite a bit. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, Punch Drunk Love. Uh, no, I think there was a point where I just started avoiding his films. He pulls it out the bag in that film. Such an emotional, powerful performance. I mean, it, I don't think you can you can say you can't act if you haven't seen that film. I would, I will I would go back and, and revisit that. I will have to check it out. I think we can agree that his acting is poor in this film, though, right? Okay. Yes. I think it's above what he's norm- like what he's done recently and, and I enjoyed watching Better than Happy Gilmore. <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> it's, I think I think the whole his whole yeah, we won't get into that, I'm gonna get in trouble. This whole time, yeah. You know, he he was trying to he was trying to put on this face um of of that he had things under control and trying to hustle and I, I think that's where like I say, when he started crying, I think that's where I, I, I saw the, the weakness in his acting in this film. But up until that point, I was, I was with the character. So a, com- a comparison for me would be, I don't know if you guys have seen the film American Hustle. Um, yes. And if you compare Christian Bale's character in that movie to Adam Sandler's character, mm. and I think how we i i felt like i was invested in in that particular character in, in american hustle i wanted to see i wanted to see his redemption well not necessarily his redemption but i wanted to see him win i wanted to see him beat the guys that you know got got him uh, uh, kind of under their thumb um, by the end of it and he and and you know spoiler alert he does and and they do manage to to twist it round and and to 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 beat the 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 odds whereas obviously in in this um uh, adam sandler's character isn't is not gonna it's not gonna happen is every, everything that he claims to be valuable is nothing um to the point where i think at the start isn't he showing off that that jewel encrusted furby yeah and it's like that that is like, such a representation of everything that he is yeah, in, yeah in, i'd, in I'd say pretty spot on actually yeah i mean when was this film set is this a recent film because furby, that was the last time you saw a furby Right. So, well, actually, yesterday when I was going out my daughter's stuff, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we threw it away. But um, it was made in 2019, but was set, I think, in 2015. So, so still recent. Really recent. And I think that's mm. where lots of my frustration came from with this kind of this very 80s soundtrack, this mm. kind of very early 90s style of filming. All of this kind of brought together. I, I just found it jarring to watch. I, I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, but it, Matt, I mean, you've, you've seen previous. Actually, I think sorry, you you mentioned you, mostly you've seen previous. Is that very much indicative of their style, or were they trying to replicate something because of the story that they were telling? Um, he, his their previous film definitely had very similar style. I haven't seen anything else by them, but but yeah, it it was it was almost a, a collage of of stress. Um, All and, that. and um. You know, and in, in, in the previous film, Good Times, Robert Patterson pulls out an incredible performance. Uh, he is possibly his best film, I think. Um, but again, um, it's it's loud, it's it's fast, it's obtrusive. It, it punches you in the head while watching it. And, and yeah. you, this film, there was 
uh, I'd just like to bring up the scene where he's he's in that he's at his brother's house, I think it was. Um, they were having a family dinner, and there was a bit of a lull in the film at that point. Um, I nearly fell asleep, if I'm, if I'm honest. At that point, I think I'd, my body just relaxed and, and my <laughs> eyes started going. But then, as soon as he was out of the house, back up. Yeah. I don't know. I, f- I feel like you could have given Scorsese this film and he could have done a much better job. I, I just feel like... Uh, oh, this Wasn't this exec produced by Scorsese? Yeah, do you know, that's why I'm thinking of Scorsese. Yes, it was. Yeah. Good work. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. interesting. Although these days, with all due respect, Scorsese, executive producer could mean everything and nothing. Uh, you, you could have breathed near the script and got an exec producer credit, especially if you're Scorsese. <laughs> you're going to yeah. get that credit wherever you want. Yeah. Um, here's a question then, because I, I'm having trouble pulling the writing, directing and acting apart. Do we think this would have been a much better film if Sandler had been recast? Or were what we see as either criticisms or strengths of the film, were they down to the acting or were they the directing? I think it's bigger than him. I, I don't think it was, it was solely him. For me, the, the, the soundtrack, the constant noise, the, they're really just difficult to watch um, images and shots. I, I think it's bigger than him. I think you could recast it. And for me, I would have had a similar experience. I think there's so much about this film I found hard to watch that it would need to be built from the ground up or something else. Matt and Sam? Part of, the, part of the reason I chose this was that I had heard, I guess I'd heard positive things about the Safties and I don't like Adam Sandler so I thought this would be a good challenge to to watch something that supposedly you know is critically critically acclaimed I think was it like something like 95 percent on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. um and I, and I think yeah the, the premise of the the I guess the podcast gives me an excuse to watch things that maybe I would skip over um because actually you know I want to make put myself in in the firing line and, and give it give it a try um I I think Adam Sandler is quite integral to it for me um, just purely because of maybe my experience of his films that he's made. Um, and I felt that this was well cast with him in mind. If you're coming at it from the perspective of that Adam Sandler is, is everything about him, that he is kind of, I don't know, I find his movies, I find his movies abrasive. The comedies and things about? like that. I find Ridiculous them, yeah, and, and so, yeah. <laughs> For those uh, people who might not understand sarcasm, I am not being serious. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm probably heading towards like the recommendations section, but it, it's it's difficult because I wouldn't say, and maybe this is where I'm looking at this as someone who doesn't necessarily have the insight into filmmaking techniques as so much so, um, but. I would say for me that it felt like it was a good, a good movie, um, in in the sense of the quality of it. Um, uh, maybe there's things that you can unpick if if you know a bit more about the the technical side. Um, that said, I think where probably the recommendations are going to get interesting is is whether I would say that again it's something that do people want that kind of abrasive that kind of stress or would they rather have the kind of stress that you get from a thriller or a horror movie that's that's probably the challenge for me yeah and finally matt what was your take on 
um, whether it would be better or worse with or without Sandler? Um, I think you could probably replace him pretty pretty easily in this film. Um, it, it's it's very much a product of the of the director's vision here. Um, that's not saying Adam Sandler was rubbish, and I think he he he, as as I alluded to earlier, he 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 brought that that hustle style to his character. The character needed needed an edge that that a comedian could bring to it. I think not that not that he was a f- funny character, but it needed it needed someone. And, and and actually maybe maybe he. Just the star power, you know, to bring people into this film as well. I think there was a, another reason why he could have been cast. Yeah, major selling point in that sense. You know, he, you know, say what you want about him, he is an A-lister in Hollywood. So, do we do we know if this is one of the ones that he was obliged to make with Netflix because of his what was it six film contract? No, it, it, was it wasn't he actually. Decided to do addition to that. Um, his his um. His wife read the script, um, and she had seen Good Times, and she, um, I think, she twisted his arm into this one. Right. Cool. Yeah. Can I just? I, I've been bashing Adam Sandler quite a lot, and can I? Just, I just want to tell this. This is a, a bit of a, a personal thing. Uh, I did a school trip to Los Angeles uh, seven years ago, maybe. And whilst we were doing one of the tours of the lot, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was Sony Studio. Uh, We met Adam Sandler (laughs) for 45 seconds, right? But he was then, he was so ridiculously nice. And bearing in mind, there was a group of students who were just being really kind of like, oh my God, it's Adam Sandler, can we have your picture taken? And he was clearly very, very busy. He was so polite and so nice and not even remotely dismissive. And he had his picture taken with the kids, signed autographs and this, that and the other. You know, he was really, really nice. So I I, I guess I'm feeling a little bit guilty that I'm like bashing him here. Uh, (laughs) You know, and we are basically now friends because of that. Of course, yeah, there's 45 (laughs) seconds you are friends for life. I know it's it's always nice He's to at learn home that... with a single tear rolling down. <laughs> I can believe it, like the blood one at the end that comes down from the space. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. But no, it, to be fair, it's always nice to learn that people are genuinely nice, um, even when they're under pressure. Because as a lot, as as I think a lot of these these movie stars realise, is that yes, they got to where they are because of their sheer determination and hard work. But the fans got them there too. And it's just really nice to learn when someone appreciates that, which is that's cool. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of liked him anyway, recent films aside. So it's just nice to learn that he is a nice guy. Yeah. Same so I thought that's it. I, got, I was going to say, the same trip, we're in the airport, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson was getting on the same flight as us. All right, and now he's just name-dropping everybody. No, I know, properly, properly name-dropping it. And I, <laughs> I said, Mr. Jackson, come and say hello to the students. And he said, sorry, brother, got to get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool. At least he didn't swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I've switched tracks now. My, my only movie star anecdote is that um, I walked, I got on a plane to New York as you do at some point. Um, and um, uh, Idris Elba was um, in first class, we had to walk past him. And, um, and I kind of, we locked eyes at one point 
And he looked at me and he gave me a look that said, yes, I am who you think I am. Carry on. And, That's and very so I nice. <laughs> so that was kind of like that, yeah, that 50 yard stare where it's like, don't come near me. I'm I busy. Was, I was on a on flight yeah. um, to Los Angeles and uh, Robert Chigillo, the uh, bassist from Metallica, was sitting three rows back in economy, right? Nice. And so he gets us. So I'm sitting there going, oh my God, right, as soon as this plane's in the air, I'm going to go back and get an autograph. Such a huge Metallica fan. This is going to be amazing. Just before we took off, this uh, air hostess came up. She said, Mr. Triolo, we have three seats in first class for you if you'd like to just follow me. I was like, no, no. <laughs> so halfway through the flight, I tried to like sneak up into first and the lady was like, can I help you? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah, sorry. Just a, a, a final salvo from me on the Adam Sandler thing. So well, I'm going to say this, and this is not, maybe this is tiny, a tiny bit disparaging towards people that are fans of Adam Sandler. I think that Adam Sandler's fan base will not like this movie. Oh. Mm. I think, yeah. yeah. I think that's a fair comment. Mm. I don't know, because I think his fan base was born from back in the day when he was doing good stuff. Do you and they've stuck with him. I think most mm. of his fan base is Happy Gilmore onwards. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think if you talk to people yeah. about Adam Sandler, you're talking about Happy Gilmore onwards. In Maybe. My... Maybe. That, that's I, really I, when this I, film was recommended, I thought, oh, God, oh, I don't <laughs> want to watch this. Um, and then I, when I saw who, was, uh, who directed it, I'm in. I'm in. And, <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. So you, we, I think you've hit a nail on the head there. We, we yeah. are pretty much there already. The fact that we've gone into anecdotes about famous people, and I'm not saying anything about mine, because <laughs> I'm, so I'm just, I'm just going to bust it out. We, ain't got a we haven't got time for this, okay? I've got a list like you wouldn't believe. But I think we should move on to recommendations, gents. I agree. So I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I'm just going to prelude by saying I genuinely, even after listening to all of you, I have no idea where this is going to land. Maybe Andy. I think maybe, maybe I know where Andy's going to land. I think it's uh, fairly obvious. <laughs> so who wants, who wants to start off? Well, Actually, so I'm, so, um, I'm, I'm the most obvious, so I'll start. I'm not recommending this film. Um, I think it's an incredibly boring two hours and 15 minutes. And was it really that long? It really? Oh, my God. It felt like it was four hours. Um, it was very stressful to watch. I, I couldn't recommend this at all, I'm afraid. Um, perhaps when they do the remake in 20 years with a different director and actors, I might consider it. But until then, I'm afraid not. I'll go next then. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, Andy. I loved this film. I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I did see, I was shocked that it was two hours and 15 minutes. I enjoyed the way that it was put together. I enjoyed how quick and busy it was, but I think that's more um, a reflection of who I am as opposed to the film itself. I enjoy it when there's a lot going on because then there's a lot for me to rewatch afterwards. Um, the thing that I really enjoyed the most was watching Adam Sandler do something different and something that I could enjoy. Because recently, I've, I've watched his stuff. I'm not a fan of his. Um, and I've largely watched it out of morbid curiosity just to see how badly he's doing. Because, I, you know, I, I do that. I want to see how these, these great movie stars have fallen. But for them, for him to come out and do something like this, I was like, now this is interesting. And I really appreciated 
watching this train wreck unfold in front of me. And even though I don't think I was invested in the character, I was definitely wanting and rooting for him to change his life around, even though in my opinion, he has almost, no, 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 he has no redeeming features to his character whatsoever. Um, so I had no reason to want for him to pull through other than the fact that maybe I was really tired of watching a guy trying to make his life better, albeit in not the best ways, fail at every corner. And so when it finished, there's, and it's when I realized how tense I had become, there was a great relief and my whole body just kind of relaxed because I'd managed to get up to that kind of tension. And I personally loved it. Now, I know that last week I didn't recommend Marriage Story because I'd be like, well, could I recommend this to a friend if they've only got one film to watch and Marriage Story was a bit tough? I would happily recommend this to someone. Probably more of a reflection of what type of friend I am. But I enjoyed the ride, I enjoyed the ride so much that I, I would be more than happy to recommend this to someone. Cool. Matt, if you go and then Sam, obviously your film, so you get last word on the film. Um, so I would uh, definitely recommend this. I thought the the sound design was fantastic, if not a bit busy, but you know that was intentional. The the, the music was great. Uh, really gave my earphones a good workout. Um, it felt it felt like an action film without without any guns or explosions or or much violence. You know, it was quite it was quite fast paced. I thought, and and Andy, I don't understand how how you thought it was it was boring uh, and it felt like it was was going on and on but uh, for me it was it was it was over over quite quick i thought um i probably couldn't have lasted much longer but um you know any any extra on top of it would would have killed it but i thought it was a, a really well put together film and i look forward to their next movie and sam as your pick for this episode why don't you round us off with the final word well, I've been going back and forth on this because I don't know whether I don't like giving caveats. I think that's kind of like you've got to come down one. Like I think we had last week, it's got to be like one side of the fence or the other. Yeah. Um, and I guess the way I was, I've been thinking about it is, you know, would I feel bad about getting someone to spend the money on a cinema ticket for something like this, um, or you know, or, or paying out a valuable piece of their time, as we discussed? I think that. I think thinking of the people that I know who, who are into movies, that maybe there'd be a lot of people that would come away and say, Sam, why did you recommend that to me? But I feel like there's enough of a chance that it might hit a note with some people that I'd rather them come back angry than me not recommend it and then miss out on the chance to go through the experience. So I'm going to say that I would recommend it. Um, and I'd like to have this, I'd like to have the kind of conversation that we've had with and that like i'd like to some, come back with like andy and say i really didn't like it and then we have a big discussion about what we didn't like what we did like then it'd be kind of like a meh you know i think yeah you you're gonna get a polemic on, on this so i'm gonna go with a recommendation 
there we have it three recommendations one not rec one not recommend um but as always you guys go with whomever you agree with the most at the end of the day this is about us trying to watch stuff because there's so much out there to watch these days um so you can find us on spotify and anchor and now itunes as well we are itunes approved um, it's Parents on Pictures podcast for all your audio needs. Andy, where can they find us for everything else? No, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, get on there, give us a like, give us some feedback, tell us what you want us to review, just any kind of information about the podcast. So if you love us, if you hate us, we're open. We don't care. We've got thick skin. Come and give us, come and give us a shout. Absolutely. And as we always do, um, any closing um things that you gents are doing that you'd like other people to know about because we do the podcast but we will actually do lots of other things as well so andy you got anything else that you're doing that you want people to know about um so i'm just doing mitchell digital media it's very boring at the moment lots of downtime <laughs> so <no. laughs> uh, same here i'm not really doing anything either <laughs> sam Nothing, jump, nothing jumping out, doing still a bit of um, uh, some stuff on the creative uh, writing side, but um, just getting through the kind of the lockdown treacle at the moment. Um, I did, I was just going to mention, I've, I've spotted a trend that um, Andy has intensely disliked both of my recommendations so far. Um, so I'm really looking forward to whether he returns the favour or whether I could break the deadlock with my next one, but we shall see what July brings. <laughs> I think I know the answer already. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Matt, are you working on anything that you'd like everybody to know about? I am. I'm working my way through furlough at the moment. It's uh, yeah. yeah, tricky Gosh, stuff. Kids go back. Boring. Kids go back to school Thursday, so that's a a big a big bonus. But um, yeah. Enough boring. And we're toying about with a few new bits and pieces for the next couple of episodes that have come out. So make sure to listen again later. Um, I think this month, this month is precedent for us because I think we're doing our first YouTube as well, aren't we? Because that's free and that's a streaming platform. So towards the end of the month, we're doing our first YouTube. I think that was your choice, Andy. You're looking at me blankly. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was. Uh, <laughs> yes. I forgot that it was on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing our first YouTube. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Which would be very interesting. So listen out for that as yeah. well. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been parents on pictures and everybody say bye now. Bye. Bye now. Bye-bye.